on Metro FM Talk. It is exactly 2020. Yes, not the year 2020. Yes, we'll be there soon, but it's 20 minutes after 8 o'clock and we enter our culture talk. And here we always feature and talk to amazing people who are making a big impact in the field of arts and culture. And our guest today is not only doing that, but she certainly does look the part. Ruzi Rusike, head curator and manager at Melrose Gallery. Now, Ruzi is an artist, a curator, as well as a social activist. Uh, She graduated with a bachelor's degree with honors in fine arts from the University of the Witwatersrand and also has an honors in curatorship. And uh, she's worked for various organizations on a community, regional, a national and international level and has also dabbled in a little bit of, uh, you know, French curatorship <laughs> in, in, in her career. And she joins us now. Very warm welcome to you, Ruzi. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Perhaps let's start right at the beginning. When we talk of being a curator, mm-hmm. what exactly is a curator? What do you do? What is curatorship? What is curatorship? So essentially, um, curatorship can mean a variety of things. But for me personally, it means bringing together different articulations and narratives and making sure that the story is told properly and that essentially when you tell the story, you anchor it. But um, for me, it's about anchor it through an African way and an African narrative because a lot of the time when you think about curatorship, you don't think about um, Africans actually being the ones who are the authors. You always think of them as a people being written about. So I, I find it quite interesting, it the fact that you talk about a story and you talk about a narrative. Mm. So I assume then from, from that description that you do view art as a means of storytelling, yes. as a means of, of communication. No, 100%, 100%. Especially in South Africa and Africa in general, we always tell our stories through art. Through be it poetry, music, um, whatever art is for whoever, it's um, for us. It's art, so that's what I believe. And and which forms um, or, or platforms of artwork do you deal with? So fine art in particular. So that will be painting, sculpture, um, contemporary art. Now will that will also mean like installations as well. So it depends. And also I love sound and music. So I always try to make sure that. Um, with everything that I do, there's always a different element there. So, because I believe there's always different layers to art that should be exposed and told. So that's why curatorship for me is important because there's with the story, there's not just one narrative. There's not just one single story. So yeah, let's break this narrative. Let's break the story down even mm-hmm. further, and perhaps take us through some of the messages that you've worked on in in the past, the type of themes okay. um, that that you've worked on. And how you have then curated mm. the various art mm. and, and the various uh, forms of art in order to illustrate that particular theme and particular story. Okay, so we current so at the Mara's Gallery we host what is called Sculptex. So it's the largest um, sculpture fair, contemporary sculpture fair in Africa, South Africa. So what we do is um, we bring in different sculptors and we exhibit their works. So for that, when I joined the gallery, I thought that if I want to bring together sculptures, I want to make sure that. I want to bring together because in South Africa, sculpture is very expensive. Because you always, when we had the call out, we got a lot of African sculptors submitting works, white African men, and I didn't see a lot of women producing work like that. So then, for that call, I made sure that we um, highlighted black female sculptors, um, sculptors who come from different areas, because I believe that. Um, 
sculpture, even though it's not highlighted a lot. It should, and I know a lot of Africans are producing it, so I wanted to bring that in and also to bring in different forms so that it's not just bronze, it's also glass, ceramic, wood, because I believe that people like Mamnuria Mabasa are not celebrated as they should be. So for me, it was about exhibiting the untold stories. So that in particular, um, I did that, but I have to um, take, I have to also credit Timikos Ngoniwe for really helping me understand that um, with curating, I need to make sure that I tell the untold stories and stories that haven't been highlighted because of our history. And being young and being a female, I've got this is our time, so I need to take advantage of that. So that's what I've done with everything that I do. I make sure that um, if I've been given a platform, it's for everyone else. And if I walk a step, I make sure that um, the pathway is open for everyone and it's not shut. Like a door. So and and how do. abstract are these themes and stories? I mean, could they be as abstract as hope, as fear, um, as love, mm. as um, the journey? Mm. So basically, when I think of what you're saying now, hope, love, um, fear, journey, um, we all relate to hope in different ways. So I make sure that if I curate an exhibition, say, around hope, I make sure that hope is articulated in the ways that we fear hope and what happens when hope is in place, you know, because we always say that we want love. But when love comes, we always are frightened by what it actually means. It's like holding a mirror and being and when you see a mirror and you see a reflection you get this response like oh my word is that really <laughs> me so then that's what I want to make sure is that when you have that moment you're not scared of that what that moment means so powerful you're able to actually see it in multiple ways so hope is as a as a um, you can see hope as a as maybe a flower hope as a story hope is something else so I make sure that when I curate something you see different ways and different um, expressions expressions of of hope, yeah, exactly. As you were speaking about um, the, the the response that you were getting from from the call that you made, mm. it struck me that oftentimes when it comes to art, but maybe you know generally when we look at the producers of anything, whether you are a minor or you're an artist, uh. as, as black people, we tend to be the ones that are the producers, but not necessarily the consumers or the enjoyers of that which we give birth to. Mm. Are you are you finding that mm. within your world of, of curatorship? Yes, I do. I won't, I won't lie to you. That really does happen. And that's why I think that... I, you know, what I'm doing, it's not just for me. It's for generations to come. And that's basically my love. I draw, I paint, I do everything. I'm an artist. At you grow hair. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an She's art- got a beautiful <laughs> I've got, I'm an artist by profession, but I realized that you know what there's actually art is business at the end of the day and there are not a lot of people realize that we are, should be the ones who should actually be the like the authors not just the authors but the people actually sustaining it you know and we don't realize that we are the ones that actually should anchor it and not the other way around not people who are coming from Europe etc but we need to be the ones to anchor the wave that's now happening because there's a global interest in African art people want um, African artists whether it's they're from America whether they're from Europe etc people want African artists and we need to make sure as black South Africans we anchor the wave 
are we doing that? Are we anchoring the wave? Are we aware of the treasures that we have in our own backyards? When we put that mirror up in front of ourselves, what do we see when we look at that image that's projected back at us? We see it as desire. We see it not as something that we should acquire. We see it like we appreciate it. But that's the difference with Africans. We appreciate and we humbled by what we see, but we don't um, feel the need to acquire it. And that's the difference because um, if you look at history and how um, we were conquered, it's not because we just gave it away. It's because in our nature, we feel that, you know what, it's something that should be shared. And that's why we're the ones that are being exhibited, not the ones who are actually making the buildings that they that the art is exhibited in, if I'm making any sense. That's very deep. That's very profound. But Mm. I'd like to put another um, (laughs) possibility on the table. Okay. If you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs. Yes. And and we look at basics and and survival as Mm. being the base. Is that not part of the paradigm? The fact that maybe we just are so busy with you know, um, issues of survival, that yes. existentialism and, and all that self-actualization and, mm. and, and all of that. And, and art also is very much that because it's a tool that allows you to access, you know, deeper parts of, of yourself and your subconscious and experiencing yourself in the world mm. and commenting on it in a way that is beyond the mundane. Mm. That is something that art does. Mm. Could that also be a reason? It's funny that you mentioned that because that's basically my go-to. It's my... Cause my mother and I always talk about it all the time. And we say that black people haven't had a chance to self-actualize. And self-actualization is actually, it's, it's, it's fundamental for us to actually be philosophers, to, to dream, to wonder, to actually see past survival. And we haven't got a basic thing as home, as a, as a home, you know? We constantly, um, trying to, um, and even if we have a home, we're also trying to actually go into that place where we can actually feel that what it is to actually splurge, you know? To, more, to better. have more, to have better and everything. But to self-actualize, you have to be in a place of contentment. And we're not content with where we're at right now. I, I wonder, you know what my personal thoughts are about the Maslow hierarchy? I personally think that it actually should be tipped the other way around. Is it? Not that the base should be where it is, but that it should be standing on its apex. Yes. That mm-hmm. perhaps even self-actualization as the core yeah. and that then as the, the catalyst mm-hmm. that will be the provision mm. or the springboard for you to get everything else that is up at the top. And I mm. just think as, as the world generally and society and the way that the world is built, that's how we look. You know, we think that we need to get the basics of food, etc. But but it's, it's a thought. Mm, but it's like, that's why people like, um, to be very controversial, but that, that's why people like Steve Biko were killed. Because if we are conscious of who we are, think about the levels in which we're Come able on. to um, um grow and to actually um, embrace who we are because if everyone knew who they were we'll be we will we will be on another level you know so i think that the world did it not by not by um um accident not by accident but on purpose it's to de- sustain deliberate it's deliberate because to have a democracy you need people to all as a group identify to one solid articulation that's why going back to when i create exhibitions i make sure that when i think of hope it's not just one way of looking at hope it's multiple ways and you bring in something else so the truth here is we need to just tip everything over exactly start with the the freedom 
Exactly. And, and as in freedom of the mind. Freedom of oneself. And freedom of oneself. Yes. And work from a place of power. Exactly. And then work and create from a place of wholeness. Mm. And as opposed and not to, to be fearful of who we are. Because we're always fearful of who we are and what that will actually mean. Because if it, when we when we stop acting out of fear and act out of just of of what you of self actualization of of actually realizing that you know what I'm past what the what I've been given then we'll be okay. So yeah. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we've gone in another. Yeah, we've gone in another. It's funny. That's what art is stuff. about. It's about articulating narratives. That's what it's about. We completely went there. <laughs> but 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 Rizzi, you you call yourself a, a social activist, mm. um, but you're also clearly a philosopher, <laughs> clearly a thinker. But as far as your definition of what social activism is mm. and how you fit into that, what what is social activism? Okay, so social activism, it's just about being very, um, to make sure that everything you do serves a society, you know, and to be very, you know, maybe I'm being simple about it, but being very active in it, you know, and constantly remembering that whatever you do, you need to remember that um, the society, there's, it's not just you. There's a whole entire society, community and everything. That's why people always say it doesn't take, it takes a village to raise a child, you know. I want us also just to touch on um, the, the time that you spent at the Southern African Foundation for Contemporary Art. Um, how was that like? It was I. It was wow. I really. It really opened up my eyes to who I am and to actually what I am in society and to the world. Because going to France and talking about um, African art and even South Africa, I realized that you know what? Even though I've been offered a seat at the table, I'm not the one who's who's actually. Um, been heard. I've got a seat, but I'm not. It's being not heard. your table. It's not my table. Come on, you you've know? got a seat, but it's not <laughs> it's your not my table. table. Yeah, and we need to own the table exactly because then it's your rules. It's it's your mm. your your way. Others are your guests. Yes, exactly. So even uh, we had a we also had a residency program as well, where we um where we invited artists. We did a cross pollination, so we invited artists to come to France and to work in France, but not in. Paris, but in Saint-Emilion, so it's the south of France, a small village. And then we took um, the French artist to go and work at, at August House. So um, when we did that, it, it went well. It went well. <laughs> when we did that, it went well. But um, yeah, it's, it's great. We, we've, we've got somebody on the line. Um, okay. So if you could just, like, yeah, awesome. So look, if you do want to call in, our number is 089 We've got Khunzi on the line who didn't even wait for us to open the line. <laughs> Khunzi was like, I'm calling in. So Khunzi, good evening and welcome to you. Evening, thank you for taking my call. Awesome. If I can hear correctly, you went to this, right? Yes, I Too did. Hot? Yes. Yes. And this is Khonzi. You may or may not remember me. Oh, my word. You worked at Zides. <laughs> How are yes. you? So I'm calling because I also kind of am in the capacity of a curator. Mm. And I completely agree with a lot of the things that you're saying. Yeah. Because definitely it is our time as black women mm. um, and just as black people to kind of reclaim some of the things that are ours mm. we've been creating for a long time. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to ask you a question particularly about audience participation. Okay. Because I think that's the one thing our industry really is struggling with mm. is that we kind of as an art world sometimes sit in our own little bubble of intellect and, you know, 
kind of, and maybe it's just the way art was built and how we term things and how we value things, but how do we make sure that those very people, our South Africans, the majority, people who wouldn't otherwise, who are on a survivalist mode, as you, as you put it, um, who wouldn't otherwise kind of put that place of art as a priority, how do we get them engaged? Because I'm finding that to be the hardest thing mm. um, working in a museum at Cape, in Cape Town. So basically, it's funny because as, as I started working for the gallery, they were busy saying that um, I'm very, I know what I'm saying. I'm very like, you know, I know how to talk about art. But in terms of audit participation, I'm very, I, if I curate an exhibition, it's very white cube. You know how we were taught yeah. to curate an <laughs> exhibition. So at mm-hmm. the gallery, we always get criticized for being very commercial because we have a lot of work up, etc. But what people don't understand is that we need to stop making spaces so intimidating and to actually allow people to to be able to walk in. So that's why with our windows and with the entrance for the gallery, all, we have gla- it's all glass so that mm-hmm. even if you walk past, you'll be able to see inside the gallery. Mm-hmm. So that's art museum. Uh, sorry. So it's art museum has also taken on that. Yes, because you need to have an open window theory. Because mm-hmm. if it, if it's not open to every, we say that we we make art for everyone, etc. But the doors are closed, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. the windows literally need to be open for people to see that. Listen, you can come in. That's an open door policy, you know. And yeah, that's what we're doing. And we even expanded gallery now so that everyone can be like so that we do cater for everyone you know what i mean but and we find that with the with the gallery it actually works because most of our collectors are black that's something i was actually shocked by but that's amazing yeah yes and it actually works when you're when it just just by changing our windows it just it works perfectly well you know maybe next time you can take it to the pavements <laughs> yes, no, we do actually. That's why we have the sculpture fair. Yeah, no, two people exactly. No, that's it's, that's what we actually do because we host um, for Heritage Month. We had Professor Pitika and Tuli actually bring in Sangomas onto the Mar into Mara's Arch and actually talk about our heritage. You know, and the fact that we're not just people who walk around, but we actually carry um, and walk with our ancestors. You know, and mm-hmm. we had that, and we with the public works as well. It sh- we have a bit of information out so that people can see that um, art is not just one thing, it's multiple things, you know, so we always take icons that people see and people hear about and we speak about it, so yeah, I think that we need to open it up, hey. It's what infecting yeah. the city. That's why infecting the city is so good because they mm-hmm. literally infect the city, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Hunzi, mm-hmm. thank you so much for your call in and for your and contribution today. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm with shock that you're calling, but thank you. Well, what, what thank I find, you. thank you, thank you for calling, Hunzi. And what's awesome is that, I mean, you guys went to the same, yeah, the same went university. To the, yes, I was a bit older than her, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, look, clearly, Vitz has done a good job in, in, yes. the, in, the, in that arena. Aruz, it's been absolutely awesome just Thank chatting you. to you yeah. very stimulating wish you all the be- uh, best so in, in the work that you do Thank and in getting that work out there and, yeah. and getting you know artists coming up and displaying the work from different backgrounds mm. with different experiences and, and the various genders. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you very much. Awesome. That's Aruzi Rusike, head curator and manager at the Melrose Gallery. What an enticing conversation and we continue with more of those uh, just after this break.